the morning about break of day. That's when my baby went away. Trying and clean don't do me no good. Come back, baby, wish you would. Hello, this is Personal Stories of St. James's. This is the Reverend Matthew Stewart, and today I'm interviewing longtime St. James member and choir member Katya Udall. I'm going to launch right into my first question for Katya. Um, Katya, can you tell me a time in your life when you feel like God got you through a hard moment? God got me through a hard moment when I had taken an overdose of pills and called um, my then semi-beau and he came around and we got me into an emergency um, therapy starting um, and I began to talk to my spiritual director about this, uh, Father Wood from SSJE and, and, and it was marvelous because I hadn't realized how much I had yet to do mm. and that God was going to be there for me. Um, and this started really getting me back into on my feet. And that, I think, was, was when I began to feel okay I can go on. God is there. Um, Father Wood said, I, he said, well, of course, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. I said, it isn't the Holy Spirit that I have problems with. It's God the Father. <laughs> I said, I have no trouble with Jesus whatsoever. He said, that's still the Holy Spirit talking to you, dear. <laughs> and so it was. Yeah, that was that was the beginning of of the way up and out mm. into the larger world, and from there on in, the miracles just. Um, we had we had no money. My ex husband wasn't paying me anything, and a um, box of um, fresh uh, winter squash and a bushel of apples and clothes for the children and people willing to take the kids at a moment's notice so I could get to the doctors or the lawyers. I mean, these were all little tiny miracles, but they all added up. Mm. I was being cared for. And that was, um, that gave me the strength to say, yeah, okay, girl, you can do this. You can get through. There is another side. And, um, mm, my, my nursing was that way. I went to friends of ours, and I said I was trying to get to be a conservationist. He said, I don't see you as a conservationist. This is Father Wood as well? No, no, no. This is Nate Weston in Connecticut. And he said, um, the University of Bridgeport has just opened up a nursing program for older women. Go down and talk to them. And so I did sent for my transcripts, shipped them in. In 
August, I think August 9th, I got a letter from them saying I was accepted. I had 10 days, clear out the house, put things in storage and get down there and become, start my nursing career. So yeah, so you, so you, you had plenty of time to, to make a, a, a slow, leisurely transition. <laughs> well... <laughs> or not quite so much. Not quite so much. In fact, all I remember is how hot it was <laughs> and how steamy it was. And blessings on Christopher and Dick Fowler for packing up the U-Haul and getting me down there. <laughs> that was wonderful. What were some of your memories from that nursing school time? Oh, Lord, so many. When I first realized that I fit with nursing and then realized that the healthcare system as it was then, which was bad enough, was against the patient always and I hated hospital nursing because it was rigid, it was um, codified, it was the old, as Father Angelica used to say, seven deadliest words. We've always done it this way before, or we've never done it this way before. And um, I fought the system always for my patients. They counted. And it's why I went back for a BSN so I could be a visiting nurse. And there was where I really fit okay. in. That was it. So not, not in these cranky old systems. Cranky? Oh, Lord, no. And, and doctors? Duh. You know, couldn't think outside the box. You know, it's that whole business of regimentation and not taking the whole person into account. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, I had incredible experiences. I, I felt perfectly safe in the slums because I knew that because I treated each one of my patients as a human being, that they respected me and knew that I was on their side mm -hmm. trying to do whatever I could to help them. And I had one time, I was across the street. It's summer, the windows are open. I'm in one patient's house. And across the street was one of the gentlemen who was another one of my patients. And I heard him say, don't you touch that car. That's my nurse's car. Okay, you're looking out for me. It, it is amazing when you, when you respect people and you treat them with dignity. Right. Um, how, how, much, how much it changes everything. I worked as a, as a um, while I was going through school, um, as, a, um, um, as a volunteer in the cl local clinic. And this, these were all people of color or Hispanics or whatever. We gave them, we treated them like the, hot, the, the, the upper crust. Mm -hmm. We gave them um, times to come. We were there for them. We gave them complete attention, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the way it should be. And in this country, don't get me started, my blood pressure will go up. Yeah. We do not have health care. We have a third world, for-profit mess that needs to be blown up and started over. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm debating whether this is a can of worms we should open. What, what, uh, what, all right, I'll ask. What, what, 
what system or country do you think is th- doing the best job of healthcare? Hmm. Most of the modern European ones do, okay. especially Holland and um, uh, Switzerland, of course, and um, uh, Canada. I mean, I've got um, uh, three Canadian grandchildren and seven great-grands, <clears throat> and uh, four Canadian grandchildren and seven great-grands. And their system is fantastic. We, I went with um, when Paige, one of my great-grandchildren, was getting a checkup. It was, um, oh, yes, Mrs. Miller, hello. Mm-hmm. How nice to see you. No money, no nothing. They knew her. The nurse practitioner knew her. All of the stuff was there. You didn't, and we were out in 15 minutes mm-hmm. after, after uh, Paige was checked out. I mean, <sighs> contrast that with the... When I, when I was first divorced and I was going to the pediatric clinic at Mass General via the T, you packed your lunch, you packed um, lots of books and games for the children to play with. There was no, it was a line first come, first serve. I go into the pediatrician's office. My son has an upper respiratory infection, an ear infection, and I start to say something. And the first words out of his mouth were, you don't belong here. And it was red flags to bull. I blew up. I gave him a hissy fit. I yelled at him. I burst into tears. I said, how dare you talk to me that way? I'm here because I'm poor. My husband left me. I have no money. I have no support. I said, I'm just like everybody else out there pointing to the waiting room. And we want the best care, pediatric care for our kids. And this is where we could get it. And by this time, of course, he was, oh, oh, oh backing off and backing down. I bet he never did that again, ever. Like I said, can of worms, but but yeah, uh, like, so it sort of goes back to your two people who respect the other side of what we're doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And because I've been marginalized um, all my life, um, I have really come to more and more appreciate what Black Lives Matter really is all about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until two, three years ago, when, or Henry Louis Gates's Reconstruction, followed by uh, Driving While Black, followed by um, uh, the history of the Ford motor car, and what this did with the black people being able to get out of, um, get away from the white um, uh, Ku Klux Klan and people who were oppressing them and go to elsewhere to be met by the same the same thing I worked for civil rights incredible the Martin Luther King when he came to Boston Common that was an experience my ex-husband had told me I was forbidden to take the children so I did and we walked with Christ Church Cambridge down <laughs> Mass Ave. By the time we hit Central Square, we were all the way across, cutting off all um, to and from Harvard, going towards Boston. We got over the bridge, and it was incredible. The whole of Mass Ave coming from Roxbury was a mass. 
Comav, Beacon Street, a mass of people. And all I could think of was, yes, we can overcome. And we were singing and we were chanting and we were praying. It was an experience. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you, you told me some of your stories before, but I hadn't heard that one. Did you, how close did you get to hearing him? Did you get, did you get to <laughs> Halfway up Calm Ave, um, we could hear the, now my friends, the, the, the speakers the reverberation. were, the okay. reverberation, yeah. the kids were tired. So we went, I, I knew the back roads there. So I went, we got back on the tee and went home. All of us hot and tired, but it was just the most incredible experience. Just be a part of that massive. Oh, to be a part moment. of that, we could overcome, mm. and then to to go through life and thi- and think, and I come back to Cambridge, and it's SSDD. Uh, the Cambridge, um, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, racist cops that were here in 57 and here in, in 69 and here in 74. We're still here. And we were right back to square one, almost. It is so discouraging. And I feel so helpless because I'm so old and now I'm blind and I can't do a lot. That is the most frustrating of all. All I can do is try and and put my money where my mouth is, which is where it goes, as much as possible. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think sharing stories, sharing wisdom, praying, you know. Oh, yes. These, oh, yes. These, these things do matter. Oh, yeah. Even, even if you're not past the point that you're going to uh, walk from Cambridge to uh, downtown Boston, oh. I would suspect we're, we're maybe past that moment of your life. <laughs> you're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Um, oh, well. Howsomever. But wow. Mm-hmm. So I've got another question for you to All shift right. gears a little bit. And, th- and I want to ask you about music. I know, I know y- y- you are a singer and both the, being a, the creator of music and a listener of music is really important to, y- to you. So I guess I want to ask, what is the... Again, why don't we do a story? Tell me a story of a song that you've been part of making, um, uh, at singing, uh, and how it touched your heart. Well, I can tell you what happened uh, to me. It's an incredible experience. I was singing with a chorus pro musica, St. John Passion. I much prefer it to the St. Matthew. And I, dear St. Bach, I thought, well, the root vol at the end is enough. You know, it's so marvelous and it's so perfect. Why tack on this chorale at the end? So I hadn't bothered to even think about memorizing it. And, um, and, and we're, I'm singing with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Charles Munch. Um, Marilyn Horn, Marilyn Horn, um, oh God, what was her name? <sighs> well, at any rate, it was a star-studded cast anyhow. Um, and it was perfectly gorgeous. We start the chorale into the half of the, of the, of the end of the first verse. I was suddenly in 
music. And by that, I mean music was in me, through me, around me. I wasn't Katya anymore. I was just music. And it was, uh, it was, I wanted to stay there forever. And I came down to earth. I was, Munch was a blur. I was singing without knowing I was singing it. And I came down fine with every fiber of my being singing, Herr Jesu Christ, Herr Jesu Christ, ich will dich preisen ewiglich. I will, Herr, Lord Jesus Christ, I will praise you forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm still teary when I talk about it because it was so incredible. Oh, it was just gorgeous. And I realized that dear St. Bach knew just exactly what the heck he was doing. <laughs> and I was dead wrong. So for, so for folks at home who are listening, this is, this is, this is Bach's uh, St. John's Passion. If, if yes, the St. John, not the Matthew. Yeah, um, all, all those folks ooh, named Matthew are overrated. Um, I think so. Hank. Sorry. Hank. Ah. We Ukrainians, you know, are very, are very emotional, which, of course, to a wasp upbringing, square pegs, round holes. All right, yeah, so uh, one more, uh, well, sorry, two-part question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious... Uh, what is what's something that you think has gotten worse about how things are these days versus the past, and what's what's something that has gotten better? What has been gotten better has been the fact that we are now starting to really see in George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. all the rest of these, where people are now using their cell phones to put on, to, to document the absolute disaster of um, police um, racism and have it right out there in front. That is the only good thing I can think of um, that, that has come from this and the fact, the fact that people are working. The other thing of, is, of course, the incredible... Um, um, hide it under a rock. I'm going back into my little hole and I'm going to stay there. And, and the moon is made of green cheese and, um, um, and the earth is flat. Um, people who just <clears throat> who refuse to look at anyone except themselves. And we have the, the, these two contrasting of, of community versus me, mine, greed. Mm-hmm. The fact that Bezos can get three million a day, and still insists that his people have uh, who who have to use use um, urinals at work because they can't get to the bathroom. Come on, you know, da. As we say in Yiddish, fe. So, oh, that just. That, I think, is so bad. And I'm sorry for people like Trump and the people who think that, that somehow the, my way or the highway is going to get them anything at all that's going to make them feel better. 
or end up where they want to be. I'm sure everybody wants to be loved and you're not going to get loved if all you're thinking about is yourself. Mm. Mm. What is, um, you certainly aren't someone who has a uh, sort of a uh, false nostalgia about the past. Um, oh, Lord, uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, that, Happens sometimes, uh, but not you. Uh, but what is something from, say, your childhood or your younger years that you, you remember fondly and you you miss? Oh, I loved the way the Cape was back then, and I loved the way the fact that I could worm around our hometown, go to any place, use my bicycle looking for wildflowers. But this is Orleans? Or? No, or, or Northampton, looking for wildflowers in Orleans, or in, 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 or I mean in Northampton rather, and summers on the Cape where I could go anywhere I wanted. I was safe, it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you know, watching the birds. Gulls are so clumsy when you watch terns. Terns ha- are the essence of, of um, beauty and grace. And, you know, the wild blueberries, the beach plums, the um, uh, sea lavender. And then all the creatures, you'd put your feet into, the, into Pleasant Bay and all the little tiny, tiny fishes would come and come nibble, 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 <laughs> and you'd look down at them. And the, uh, there, were, there were so many wonderful things there. I just loved that area. And we, I was there from, uh, I guess we went to Orleans, I guess when I was six, I think, and stayed every summer. And it was, um, it was just a magical place. Mm-hmm. And there was the Wellfleet Audubon and, and um, the dunes and riding the waves. That was fun. This was before lots of seaweed and seals and and those things. But it was a, it was a magical place. Always I felt, and when, um, it was home. And when Bill and I built our underground house in the gardens, Terra Domasago, there um, and lived there 30 years, I just chameleoned right back into, you know, where I, as if I had never left, mm. except I was now year round. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you have this place that's uh, with these fond memories. And the... Oh, yes. That whole area, the Pioneer Valley, we'd go um, where, you, where you could go to the farms. And, and the apple orchards and and um, uh, and in those days, of course, you had bonfires of leaves and you burned them and you burned your you put your apples in, oh. so you know to burn your apples so that they so, so ro- roasting apples roasting apples in, oh, in, the, okay. in the leaves I hadn't heard of it before <clears throat> in the leaves and and that that was that was fun too. And, and of course, I just, I loved my school, my classmates, and most of all, the whole area around Smith College. I may have hated the academic part of it, but the, the campus then was a marvel of wonderful places to play. It was our playground. And the Smith Botanic Garden, 
Mr. Campbell's place. And it was wonderful because you could go from room to room, from from dry desert to um, the, the where the bananas and the cocoa and um, the pineapples were growing, and then into the uh, um, the where there there was papyrus and koi swimming in a pond, and scented water lilies and chrysanthemums in the fall and spring bulbs in the spring and. Then the gardens there, it was just, it was halcyon. It was absolutely wonderful for somebody who liked nature, which I did. I mean, all the, so many wonderful memories. Tra in the winter, tramping through down by the Mill River and I hear this thunk, thunk, and I'm looking up and there's a pileated woodpecker you know, this huge four and a half to five foot Whoa. with a bright red crest and this huge long bill. And I'm just, oh boy. Yeah. So I stopped and watched. Hmm. No, no, no. You really, and, and my, my, my Polish friends. Mother always said my friends were unsuitable. Lodzi Kuczynski. Um, and the other Polish kids. I always wanted to work in the tobacco fields. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> These are, there were tobacco fields in Western Massachusetts? Oh, Lord, yes. Okay, I, I've... Huge. All okay. the way in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Hadley. Hadley Farms, which is the next town going from Northampton to Amherst and, and over, the, over the, you know, mountains. Um, wonderful truck farms, best asparagus in the world, <laughs> absolutely the best. Plus, pick your own strawberries. You go and you had um, potatoes and onions and buy you know hundred pound bags, fifty pound bags. Um, all these wonderful places, fresh cider, not pasteurized. Thank you. Good <laughs> God. Um, and it was, you know, and pumpkins and squash and everything was fresh. And the Pleasant Market where I, where they made their own sauerkraut, their own, own kielbasa, and you'd go and you say, Dzień dobry pan, jak się masz? And they would ask me back in Polish, how are you? And I'd say, dobrze, <laughs> meaning good. And um, then we'd go from there. <laughs> oh, dear. I did know enough Polish to get by occasionally. To order, um, oh yeah, it's a great place. You know, the the town was wonderful, <clears throat> and the whole area there, even if it was racist, which it was, and class conscious, which it was. <laughs> My sister Maggie wrote part of her autobiography, leaving me out because she couldn't stand me. And um, um, and she kept talking about these areas that she say were that she said were slums. They weren't. They were just duplexes and triplexes, regular blue collar neighborhoods like what I lived in. And um, I mean, you know, hello. In New in Northampton. Oh yes, good lord, yes, yeah, of course. The slums of Northampton. Um. They weren't. <laughs> we had few real slums. We had what. Well, what they used to call it, the lower class. Mm -hmm. Oh God! Um, and they, these were the two and three family, 
Deckers are occasionally one, mm-hmm. and um, um, they were interspersed throughout the town, little enclaves. And a lot of the kids went to the local um, um, Roman Catholic schools. We had um, Polish, French, Italian, Irish, um, um, all of them. And they had the Polish National Catholic Church, St. Valentine's, and St. John Cantius, which was the Roman Catholic one for Polish. Slawic. My kind. <laughs> and we had, a, we had a synagogue, sort of pushed off to one corner, and then they got some money and built on, on um, what was it, Main Street? It wasn't Main Street. Um, that main drag. A main drag. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Is it, was it Route 9 then? Was it still? Um, is that Route 9? I think it's Route 9 going out towards Florence, Leeds, and the VA. Um, and then on north. I mean, I could go there today and find it, but <laughs> I never remembered the routes. I just remembered how to get there. Yeah. Sometimes this, <laughs> those things are in your head, even if you don't know the names of the roads. Right. Um, one more question um, mm. before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're now, uh, what, 14, 15 months into this blasted pandemic and haven't been back to St. James's Church uh, uh. since March of 2020. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, there's there's lots that we miss as we continue to wait for when we can get back oh, together. Oh yes. If you had to, if you had to pick out one thing that you most miss about our church life together, what what is it? Worship service. Worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What what part of the worship? The whole or just the, the whole thing? thing? The whole mm-hmm. whole plaguey thing. <laughs> I mean, really, from beginning to end. Um, you know. Uh, when what, what what what's the one we go to? Ten o'clock. Ten thirty. Yeah. Ten thirty. I mean, where everybody's there, and um, the the kids' choir and us and um, everybody at the altar and don't get me started on Eric or I'll break down mm-hmm. again. I just can't think of it without him, and um, and all of us together again. Yeah, to be together again, all of us. I would not feel comfortable anymore in an all-white church. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't. It's just, it, it seems so sort of, well, it's, somehow it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, the cape is so white except for Harwich, where they have the Portuguese, quote-unquote, or, or P-Town, um, Falmouth occasionally. But in the middle, it's it's been just, you know, wasp all the way, or or RC. I look forward to the time when we can get back together, too. Oh, amen. So let's go. Let's go keep getting our people vaccinated and, and keep moving in that direction. So hopefully before long, we don't have to have these, these conversations anymore at all. Here, here. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's just, 
It's been so hard. It's easier on me because I like being solitary a lot of the time. And, um, but now that I have to have people around, um, I'm finding it difficult because I don't have enough private, quiet space, oh, especially with, with, with support hugs, okay. Well, you know, they're very helpful, but, you know, I have to, I have to f- try and figure out how I'm going to be working with them so I have my space and my silences and, and all. And I'm still working on the third volume of my autobiography. I told you what that name of that is. I, I remind me. Remind folks oh, at home. Um, the third volume of my autobiography is Living the Question, which is who am I, what am I here for, and how do I get there? My time interviewing Katya got cut short when an important phone call for Katya came in. Uh, so we end our time with her, uh, listening to her sing for us a round of which she is fond. Alleluia, amen. Alleluia, amen. Alleluia, amen. <laughs>